if anybody listening has any sort of like pull or anything with Hasbro, watch the episode of Let's Talk Toku where I talk with Jason Narvi who played Skull on the original run of Power Rangers. And what Skull says stands today that a lot of Power Rangers isn't fully understanding, but Power Rangers isn't meant to be adult. It's not meant to be mature. It's meant to be that unyielding light that every child can see, that every child can agree with and just make it something that they wanna be a part of. Brought to you by Project Louder. Hey guys, Cam from the future here. Just a quick heads up that we could not get the video to download properly from Zoom. So this is going to be an audio only recording. So if you're listening to this on the podcast and you're like, oh, I'm going to go watch the video. Uh, maybe next time. Hopefully we'll get it sorted out. Uh, we are slowly but surely chipping away at our technical errors for interviews and remote recordings. So sadly, we can't do the video this time, but enjoy the rest of the show audio wise. Welcome to a bonus Beetle Bros episode. Uh, I'm Cam. I'm Ryan. And we're here with Squall, the man, the myth, the legend. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Squall here. Uh, If you guys are watching the video, you'll see me currently bundled up under my favorite blanket because I had to turn the air off so we'd have good audio. (laughs) Snug as a squall on a wall. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, we're here today to chat about uh, the... I think news that everyone's kind of heard about with uh, Saban, uh, or not Saban, but the Saban shows leaving Netflix, uh, the vast majority of them that were on there after, uh, what was it, they were put on 2011, 2012, around there. So yeah, roughly a decade of having access to almost every Saban series uh, easily available on Netflix. And uh, now... 95% 95% of them are just obliterated from existence. <laughs> Bet you feel bad for starting and not finishing Power Rangers about 15 times now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I feel weird. like, uh, you know, like as a kid, like having that on a service is just like the dream. And then now as an adult, you'd have no time to watch yeah. it or, yeah. you know, no real drive to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, obviously it was, a, it was a boon to us even being able to start Beetle Bros because... Beetleworks was just there, and it was one of those things that I think a lot of us have sat down, same with VR Troopers and stuff, and gone, oh, I'm going to rewatch that. It's on Netflix. It pops up every time I watch something. I'm going to sit down and rewatch that. And, uh, of course, we barely get through season one, and they they pull it. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> uh, So how did you – did you hear the news uh, with the rumors early as soon as they popped up, uh, or did you hear about it later when it got closer to uh, the beginning of February when they pulled it? Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of had my ear to the ground with uh, Twitter and everything. And um, I think like you and one other person mentioned that this was actually going to go down. And you even put it into my brain of lost media, what we're going to be talking about today, that, yeah, Power Rangers is on DVD. You can go on Amazon. Like if you had any like DVD copies of, you know, like Ninja Storm lying around, you probably saw, you know, an uptick in sales on Amazon, you know, that week when the news came out. But when you said like VR Troopers, you know, and Big Bad Beetleborgs, 
the shows that are also leaving with, you know, Power Rangers, the, you know, the big one that everybody focuses and talks about, that really does kind of put it into perspective of like, yeah, this doesn't really have a release, like a wide release. You can't find copies as easily. And now the whole thing as of this recording is off of Netflix, but I did take your word and I did uh, get an application and, you know, scrubbed a bunch of those off of Netflix. So I have those backed up at least. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, I remember hearing the rumors around, I think it was early December is when people Mm -hmm. started talking about it because in, I think it may have even been in like the UK, uh, other people were seeing, you know, the what's going to leave Netflix next month or next year. And, you know, The Office was leaving and a couple other big shows and movies were leaving and going over the other services. Like, I think The Office is on uh, Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, yeah that's like this their podcast whole thing. brought to you by Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think they, they structure their uh, packages based on how much of The Office you want to watch. <laughs> it's like, do you want season one? Do you want the Christmas episodes? Do you want behind the scenes? Okay, that'll be five, ten, fifteen dollars. That's crazy. So that's fun. <laughs> Uh, what we have to look forward to with the Saban shows. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard about it in early December-ish and uh, Twitter kind of started gradually picking up that this is really going to happen and it's not one of the rumors because obviously with Power Rangers stuff, it's constantly fishing out what's the rumor mill. You know, are they cutting ties with Toy? Are they not doing, a, you know, actual live action stuff are they doing all animated so it's kind of hard to discern like is this really happening is it happening now is right. it in they're the really future? the kim and kanye of this world yes 100 <laughs> percent. you mean the ye yeah sorry <laughs> and uh as i started seeing it, i was like okay hang on and we go in and you look at netflix and it says you know leave you know watch until february 1st 2021 beetleborgs metallics vr troopers and 95 percent of power rangers mm-hmm. and everyone's freaking out about power rangers because oh, i didn't get to finish dino charge or i was just watching through mmpr and and zeo and whatever and, and this is horrible it's the worst thing to happen to the fandom and i'm just sitting here like we have a podcast to finish about a show no one cares about <laughs> this is this is going to be a little disruptive <laughs> Cause you guys uh, used to watch it like, as like you would like all get together and just like Netflix party it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, even when we did remote viewing, we uh, just synced the, yeah. synced the uh, timing up and said, mm-hmm. you know, three, two, one start on an episode. I believe right. we just recorded our first episode that was off the DVDs. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So we got super lucky about a month before we even saw the news. I think it was, uh, well, no, I guess it was December. So before we were 100% certain that it was leaving Netflix, right before Christmas, a fan messaged us and said, hey, I've got an extra copy of the DVDs, all four sets. Uh, do you guys want them? You know, I don't know if you if you need them or not with it on Netflix. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And they were like, okay, Merry Christmas and sent them. And they arrived uh, like mid-January, mm-hmm. uh, right when everyone was like, okay, we've got to go buy them or, or, you know, hit the torrents or whatever we need to do to keep these shows available to everybody. This is the part where you cut to the footage of them, like frantically chasing down the post office, trying to get the package back. (laughs) (laughs) Them tracking it. Like, okay, it's in, it's gotten into Missouri. Okay. I get it. 71 at a hundred miles an hour and I'll make it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I, I think, 
And uh, I know you, like you talked about it in, in one of your videos. And I think that's what I commented on and said, you know, my real concern with this is what's going to happen to VR troopers and Beetleborgs because while they did get lim uh, limited DVD releases from shout factory, the, for some reason, the second volume of season two of both VR troopers and big bad Beetleborgs are they're out of print and they went out of print super early. So it's really hard to find the last half of the second season of both those shows. And uh, I don't know, that was a, uh, something I didn't see a lot of people talking about. And I assume it's because it's not going to affect a lot of people because there's fewer fans, but that's where the, the concern for on our end pops up of obviously we're able to watch it because we have the DVDs, but how easy is it for our fans now and our listeners to keep up with the show while we are, or for new fans to come into these shows and access, you know, someone who maybe doesn't want to, or doesn't know how to torrent or, uh, you know, doesn't want to watch, crappy VHS rips on YouTube at, you know, five minutes per episode at right. a time. And you don't want to put yourself into that sort of situation where you're, you know, giving them a back door to this or you're having, you know, like any other like sites, because of course that's going to get linked back to you. That's going to cause even more problems. And you're absolutely right. Like I, I didn't even think of it from like the, the viewership of who is watching your stuff, who is watching other stuff that maybe follows along. Cause you guys go episode by episode and so to have the ability to just, you know, everyone's got Netflix, if they use it or not, you know, just to plug on an episode and watch it before, after, even during the, you know, the episode, like that does suck. That does, you know, it puts a big wrench in the gear. Yeah. And it's, it, it is a weird thing to like, not want to, obviously if you're a Toku fan and an avid Toku fan, and even just surface level, probably, you're experienced with finding shows that aren't available in the US or are on the verge of being lost media and uh, they don't have a legitimate legal release. I'm sure some of you have paid an exorbitant, <laughs> a huge amount of money to uh, some guy at a Comic-Con that's like, hey, I got the only DVDs you'll ever see this in your life. Man, I, I, I didn't, I, I used to, I see all those, but I like was in before that I used to uh, live up in the twin cities and we had this place it's called the Hmong market where like a lot of, um, you know, Hmong citizens, they have their own marketplace and they had this one guy <laughs> and he sold bootleg copies of like, you know, Sentai and Kamen Rider and all that stuff. And I would, I would buy those up and then I'd get home and I'd pop it in and it's like a TV Nihon sub. Yeah. And it's yep. just like, it's not, I can't even turn it off. It's just like hard coded into the video. And I'm like, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it was, I think it was, uh, uh, two, roughly two years ago, I guess now or two or three years ago, I went to G Fest up in Chicago and uh, they have one of those guys there who's just selling all of the DVD sets of the different shows. And it's like 13 DVDs and it's one season of, you know, it's Kamen Rider O's and it's 13 DVD sets. And it's in this giant box with a printed label on it and like Sharpie written the price on like, mm, I don't know. And then he's like, that'll be $50. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever, uh, have you ever seen the Malaysian copies? No, uh -uh. they'll take something like Abba Ranger, which is like 50 episodes of Sentai, you know, and they'll put it onto three DVDs <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> all right. You know, if you get home and you have, you know, disc one, two and two, you're missing three. And the quality is just like so potato on those, oh. <laughs> but it's like 10 bucks and you're like, yeah, sure. You know, it's Abba Ranger. Right. Yeah, right. It's, it. it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> That's like, uh, 
trying to watch you know, pretty much anything that's a, a VHS rip or anything. I, I know there's there are full episodes of Beetleborgs on YouTube uh, that people have posted, and somehow those don't get flagged by Saban or Hasbro or anybody, but our T-shirt designs do. So <laughs> I'm not saying they're a little misguided in their priorities, but <laughs> maybe. I mean, it- probably because like uh, how content monetization works on YouTube, they probably have been flagged, but then yeah. they just take the ad revenue on all of it and they just put monetization on it. Whereas you guys are making a shirt, you guys are making, you know, yeah. Millions yeah. of dollars. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, so yeah, we've been talking uh, obviously back and forth the last couple months with the various Beetle bros and the, the guys in project louder and, how is this going to impact us? And, you know, we have the DVDs, but now doing remote videos, uh, remote, remote recordings, if like we get snowed in or uh, you know, one of us gets sick or is exposed to COVID and we don't want to, you know, we want to distance for a while. How do we make sure that each of us can watch the episodes and keep up without having to come over to my house or someone's house and watch it in person on the DVDs? And I think that, I don't know. There, I don't know how many people are out there doing podcasts like ours, but with Power Ranger seasons. I know there's a, a good handful of people who go in and do. They'll watch a whole season and do an episode on a podcast about it. Or, uh, like I know you've been doing the the uh, versus tournament with the different Power Ranger seasons, and obviously that's got to be a little bit trickier to do when someone can't go and recap the the season real quick on Netflix. True. I mean, it also makes it a little bit easier because they're just like, they kind of get gaslit a little bit. They're just like, yeah, maybe In Space wasn't as good as I remember because they're just listening to us. You know, they can't go back and watch, you know, Jane, uh, Zane doing all this crazy stuff. I don't know why I put the accent Wait, on his, it. His dune buggy? You yeah, don't right? like Zane's dune buggy? Or but the I mean, like, I, I feel like only really in a medium such as yours where it's individual episode by episode that you're really going to see the the big kickback from it on, you know, people can't view along with it. They can't watch along with it, but I feel like the whole season thing, like most people have already seen it or they can, you know, go to Wikipedia and just read through it. But I feel like, well, (laughs) some of those Wikipedia articles are not very uh, fleshed out. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Exactly. But go ahead. I was just going to say some of the, some of the wiki articles are a little gummy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like you just got, you got so much like heavily reliant episodes that you have to really focus on like what happened in this episode, what, you know, sets it apart. And you're talking about specific things. Whereas like just having a whole season gone, I mean, I I don't, I don't even want to imagine what it's like to be in your shoes right now to try to figure that out for everybody else listening. Well, I'll tell you what, this helps. (laughs) It's, it's really similar to we um so we watched the first episode of of uh, Juku B Fighter mm-hmm. uh uh like a month or so ago it's on uh Toy Tokusatsu World's YouTube channel uh, of course you, you have to VPN to a different um location <laughs> yeah. because it's not available in the US because of Beetleborgs um and you know the first two episodes of both seasons of B Fighter are available on there and you know having to use a VPN isn't as drastic as torrenting or something like that mm-hmm. but even if we wanted to go through and and uh through nefarious means get access to b fighter there's only like 19 episodes dubbed or subbed sorry so it's it's weirdly similar the access to beetleborgs now 
is almost as accessible as B fighter is now <laughs> for your average person going out and trying to find it. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're much closer in how easy is it to go and watch this show uh, where, you know, I, one way or the other, you're going to have to go searching online and find it and, and be actively looking for it. You can't just pop up something and have it. And even if you want to buy DVDs, trying to track down the last uh, last half of Beetleborg's Metallics is about as easy as trying to track down a DVD copy of B-Fighter Capito. Sure. And I mean, like anybody who is listening, who has, you know, experience with torrenting, you'll find the perfect torrent batch of like all the episodes and it has 10 leechers and zero seeders. Mm. And it's been that way for years. It's a ghost <laughs> town up in there. Mm. And I feel like that is something that could definitely happen with a lot of these shows power rangers isn't going to happen because power rangers is always going to be you know transferred around you can get like a whole pack of every single you know 1000 episodes or however many they have or like individual seasons and there's always going to be somebody watching or transferring it or sharing it but i feel like you know like with beetleborgs with you know vr like there's a lot there that maybe doesn't have that audience it doesn't have you know that accessibility and so there is a very big potential it could go the way of like a masked rider or, you know, a uh, Tiernanog, like yeah. just all the, all you have is a VHS copy. Like I had somebody in my discord who posted a picture. Uh, he's always on this site, like called Macari or something like where people just sell all their junk. And he's always constantly like sharing links and like, Hey, if you guys sign up, you save 20%. But like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, look what I found. And it was like a VHS, a sealed VHS copy of mystic Knights, And he was just like, I need to get a VCR first so i can watch this second so that i can like copy it to the computer and like put it out there and it's like yeah like the only thing that exists of that show are like episodes like sparse like you know just a few episodes here and there of vhs rips because that's all that you know anybody has ever had access to but it's out there somewhere yeah and uh yeah that that's a just as good of a segue to the second thing Mm -hmm. i wanted to talk about which is uh the the threat is that shows like Beetleborgs and VR Troopers specifically, because like you said, Power Rangers is going to get picked up by somebody. There's enough of a fan base that they can really hound Hasbro and, you know, new DVD releases will pop up or uh, it'll end up on Tubi or some other uh, streaming site like that via Hasbro. Um, but with Beetleborgs and VR Troopers, there's a chance that it's going to go the way of Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, Masked Rider, Kamen Rider Dragon Knight, where there's ways to watch it you're not going to like it and it's not going to be easy. And with Mystic Knights, um, I have, or had, can't find it, but I had the VHS copy that you're talking about. And it's, it's one episode. It's the pilot episode. (laughs) And that's the only release that Mystic Knights ever got anywhere. There's, there was never, um, you know, I assumed maybe there would have been an Irish release since it was filmed over there real popular over there apparently really big in german germany apparently Hmm. yeah and there's never been an official release anywhere except for that one vhs (laughs) of the first episode uh that i think probably came with an action figure or a happy happy meal toy yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it was some gimmick like that and it's the only reason it got out and uh you can find the show if you look carefully enough there's some episodes on youtube and there's some episodes on some sketchy sites that you probably want to have some good uh firewalls set up on your pc before jumping into uh but they're all vhs rips of somebody who recorded it back in uh you know uh 98 99 whenever the show came out 
And the the risk is that these shows end up going that way. Uh, I know I you know mentioned Masked Rider, which I don't think ever got any release. Uh, Thankfully, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I yeah I. I I probably can not the, the best person to talk about that because I really actually don't know. But I've never seen one personally. I know I looked up and found um, uh, they, they brought it over to Japan for some reason. And so there was like a lot of like of the episodes. There was like a big chunk that I saw like a year or two ago, like where someone like had them up for download. And it had something to do like the, the Japanese. They'll take a lot of properties that migrate over to the West and then they bring it back and sometimes they'll dub it or sometimes they'll even subtitle it. And so for whatever reason, these episodes were just there in pretty, pretty decent quality, like not, you know, HD or anything like that, but like far superior than a VHS, you know, rip that's interlaced and, you know, like at like 480, like yeah. these looked pretty decent. So, I mean, like, I feel like with a lot of these things, they are out there somewhere, whoever holds the rights to them, you know, like there, there's no way that it's just going to, go away it's going to disappear like it's not like doctor who if you're familiar with doctor oh, who yeah, where yeah. like these just episodes that are just gone because you know like they reused the film for bbc that you know like they had the the fire that like took out a lot of those episodes and so they had to like animate and like you know revive these episodes because all they have is audio recordings mm -hmm. from the broadcast you know like it's never going to be like that because it's not that old it's from you know the 90s it's mm -hmm. not right it's not gone it's sitting somewhere and it the longer it sits, it deteriorates, but I'm sure like, you know, like all these companies, sure. A thousand bucks to process all this. And then I can sit on it. If Netflix ever comes knocking, you know, that's mm -hmm. like a five, almost maybe even a six figure, you know, income you could have for putting it on there and signing a contract. And look, you got mystic nights now on, on Netflix and you're sitting pretty healthily now. So. I don't yeah. Know. And it's uh, shows like, obviously like mass writer has a, has its own reputation uh, that, kind of precedes so it nice it, well yeah <laughs> master writer has a connotation when you start talking about it and most people have a memory of it that i think is comparable to their their relationship with beetleborgs nine times out of ten you're either a fan of it or you despise it and you're happy with it disappearing uh -huh. and uh which is fine i have no hard feelings on anybody who feels that way about beetleborgs we understand it's just more than lives. anyone we understand <laughs> But with uh, Mystic Knights has a, a, a weirdly large following, I think, of people who have fond memories of it uh, because it, it had a crap ton of toys. Uh, and for the, the lackluster release of the actual series, uh, there were a ton of action figures released. And obviously all of these were original from, uh, from Saban because... It was a fully original show. They had nothing to go off of. And it's not hard to track down Mystic Knights toys on eBay or, uh, you know, Mandarake or wherever you're looking for resale stuff. I don't, I don't know why they pop up on Mandarake all the time, but they do. Uh, and Hawking it anywhere they can. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a there's a kind of a precedent for Saban shows specifically falling into this hole of lost media. Um, and Kamen Rider Dragon Knight's another one that it's not a Saban series, but it's the same formula. It's, it was from the CW and like Dragon Knight has a pretty big following. Even the people that don't like it, remember it. And it's, uh, it's kind of an example of a later attempt at the same formula that, uh, to some people failed, to some people was a success success. 
Um, I believe they, they redubbed that into Japanese and also released it in Japan the same way that they had done Master Rider. Right. I have a poster of it. Like yeah. a Japanese poster, like when they put them out on DVDs and everything that I was nice. trying to get to PMC so that uh, Steven, who played the main character, could have signed. Um, but yeah, like those are out there. Like there are pretty good copies of it. Like I feel like even um, Steven, who played the main character, he tweeted out a couple, I think it was last year, a couple months ago, like a torrent link to it. He's just like, because nobody else is going <laughs> to ever, you know, do anything with this. Please watch the show. It was actually really good. You know, and that kind of got some people like, Shout Factory, we're, you know, talking about it. Mill Creek, we, you know, we're talking about it, but it's really up to whoever owns the rights to it. And, you know, when it's spread across, you know, like Toei, you know, Saban maybe even has, you know, their hands in it. CW had their hands in it. Like, mm -hmm. it's so tricky, but I feel like just Toei owns that one now. And we yeah. all know what Toei likes to do with <laughs> a lot of their properties. So, right. same we'll with Fast Rider. Yeah. yeah. We'll exactly. probably never see it in any official capacity. Ah, that's yeah. a shame. Hey, maybe it'll uh, come up in a Wii game like 20 years from now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play the uh, the Kamen Rider Dragon Knight Wii game that was released? I feel like I had an emulated Wii, uh, Wii system, and I feel like I downloaded it. I never played it. it it's garbage. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It's it's definitely a uh, Ryuki, like one of the like Climax Heroes type games that was uh, just more or less counterfeited over to fit dragon knight and uh, uh i mean it was a it's a common writer game that was officially officially released in the u.s for for u.s system so when it comes to the cw you know video game ports i'm more of like a riverdale or a smallville guy <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh I, I did see the tweet from from steven uh talking about he wanted it to get an official release but hey if it's not here's a place that you can find it one way or the other. Uh, and I know he's tried to track down like who has the rights. How do I get this uh, officially released? And it definitely feels like it's stuck in toys uh, kind of <laughs> it's stuck in their cogs and whether or not we're ever going to see anything from that. Like what are the odds that there's going to be enough of an outrage that it's not been released that they care? Um, obviously we've been, the fandom has been, you know, uh, championing getting uh, stuff like what uh, Shout Factory has done with bringing just a couple seasons of Common Rider over to the U.S. legally took a long ass time to happen and has been, uh, you know, super successful, but in a fairly small capacity, uh, like there's not going to be that kind of outcry for something like Dragon Knight or Masked Rider. We just sure. need to contact all the people who wanted the Snyder Cut really still get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can lend a little bit to like kind of the inner workings of what's going on. Having worked with Shout Factory, obviously, I'm not going to, you know, go into the specifics of anything. Um, but I was approached back in around like August of 2019 uh, from a Shout Factory email who the guy would later become my boss, basically just saying like, hey, we're doing this show. Uh, you know, this channel. And in my head, I was like, okay, cool. They're doing a YouTube channel, you know, like Shout Factory on like Toksatsu. That's cool. And he's like, no, 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 it's a TV channel. We want you to do a show. And that led in, you know, to Let's Talk Toku. Um, and like literally the first phone call I had with him, he was just like, you seem like a cool guy. If you tell anybody about this, I'll hurt you. But we have, <laughs> we have the rights to Common Rider. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first series, 98 episodes. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I thought like he first met the entirety of it. Yeah. But they went by a season by season basis. 
And so obviously to start it, I feel like starting it in the middle, starting it with like Cougar or something would be just weird because, mm-hmm. you know, nobody really knows what that is. And there's a lot of, you know, with Mill Creek releasing Ultraman and their sets starting from Ultra Q and moving on through the series. And then they, you know, started and went back, did some of the newer ones. They started with Common Rider and that was really just a, a meeting in the middle between Toei who uh, were already on pretty good terms with them because they released, you know, the Sentai DVD sets when it was through uh, Saban before Hasbro picked it up and they've kind of been meeting, you know, like resistance from both Toei and Hasbro, which is really hard to continue those if, you know, both companies are wanting different things. And so they said, you know, like, we want to stream this. We want to put this out there. And Toei and Amazon are like hand in hand in Japan. Like you can go on amazon.jp and you can find literally every single you can watch any any episode of Common Rider, almost any episode of Super Sentai on Amazon.jp with like a Prime, you know, account and a mm-hmm. VPN. Boom. And you can watch it. Obviously, they're not going to be subbed because it's, you know, Japanese content. But like that was just something that they had kind of a mutual agreement on was, is the audience here for this? Well, let's release something that isn't going to cost us a lot of money. You know, like Kuga with geo with kind of the end of the um sort of heisei era of writers kuga was still kind of in the spotlight kuga's always kind of been like their golden child and so to start with just og common writer 98 episodes which is really a push for fans to watch a, a show that's 98 episodes it's twice the length of your normal season in japan which is even twice the length of normal seasons over here in the west like that requires a lot of dedication and the numbers they put up were super good. And that allowed them, you know, to do this and this. And it kind of just makes me think of like, what at the end of the day does Netflix stand to gain from Beetleborgs from these seasons of power Rangers that they can look at the numbers. I'm going to tell you are probably not being as watched as much as mighty Morphin and Ninja Steel, you know, Dino Charge, like all these newer ones. Uh, I mean, uh, Beast Morpher is not Dino Charge. Um, Even Dino you know, like, Charge. <laughs> yeah, because like kids, like when you were a kid, you probably watched seasons of Power Rangers, you know, probably watched like these, these shows, these Masked Riders, these, you know, Tiernanog, and you got to a certain age and you may have seen it, but you never actually watched it. You may have caught an episode here or there, but you were never invested in it. And that's kind of what we're looking at. We're looking at the nostalgia boomers with Mighty Morphin. <laughs> And we're looking at, (laughs) and we're looking at like the kids that are still watching this show that are still, you know, catching up on the episodes and even some of the, you know, old time fans who are watching these new episodes, like when Beast Morphers gets updated and a lot of these other, you know, stuff in the middle, you'll have maybe like a handful of viewers watching if that, and it's someone just watching their way through. It's not someone who's dedicating, you know, watching episode 14 of wild force, you know, every four, Friday or whatever, <laughs> like it, it all comes down to money. If they're not making any money on it, they're not going to renew the contract. If for instance, Hasbro has to pay them money to put it on Netflix to kind of keep that brand out there. Why are they going to pay for, you know, 25 seasons when they can limit it down to five right. and, you know, still have the same face out there for the brand. And I, I, I can see, you know, like, Beetleborg is going down that road of being lost and forgotten. But in the digital age, we are so aware of everything as a kid in the nineties, we are not aware as like these things can just go tits up and they're gone. Like here shows. Yeah. Like here, like I have a complete collection of literally every season that left. Like I went through and I set it up and I queued it and it took about like a day and a half to download each and every one from Netflix. Like I, I took the time to do that. 
there are other people that probably just as crazy as I am and did the exact same, you know, procedure. It's not going to go anywhere, but it really puts the power into the hands of these companies. And I think that's why we see so many like Paramount plus Apple plus Disney plus is because it saves them so much money by not having a middleman like Netflix. Like Mm -hmm. I personally, I don't use Netflix. I think it's way too chaotic. I turn it on and it plays like 10 trailers at me and I'm just trying to read the synopsis (laughs) and I'm like, stop. It starts the episode or the movie. And it's just like, I'm I'm going back to Hulu, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) this, it's just not for me. And I think just like putting that power back into the, the, the property owners, you know, the, whoever has these things is going to be better and empower them more where you're not paying $10 a month for Netflix. And all you're doing is watching power Rangers. You're going to get, you know, like a subscription for like $5 and you get power Rangers, you get transformers, you get all these other things under the Hasbro umbrella or even the Nickelodeon umbrella. Shoot, like even on uh, the Toku channel, you get all a common writer for free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like there's, there, there's something there that I think is going to appeal to the people that are holding it. And right now it's, you know, a little turbulent. It's a little like we're kind of, you know, thought of last and everyone's like, Oh, well now I got another subscription, but it's like, no, really, if you don't look at it like a subscription that nobody locks you in for like more than a month, you usually get a free month. If you're going to watch power Rangers and it's going to take you four months that's four months of this subscription and then cancel that fucker and then move on to something else that you want to watch. Like Peacock on the office, you know, like <laughs> there, there's so many options. And I feel like people are just like cherry picking and, you know, griping about the little thing. But again, it comes back to like what we said earlier, content creators mm-hmm. and having the ability to watch it with, you know, your peers, to watch it with your audience, to share all this. That is sort of the thing that kind of, is harder. Like, of course, if you have, you know, like this new Hasbro plus that pops up that has big bad Beetleborgs on it, it's going to be harder to be like, Hey audience, five 99, use our code big bad, you know, to get your <laughs> yeah. first free month now. Like th- it's, it's going to be a little bit harder of an uphill fight if someone has to, you know, like buy into that, unless it's something that they already have. And that's the really big downside, but I do have another big downside that we can talk about. Next on Saban's Big Bad Beetleborgs. We have come to observe your lifestyle. There's something spacey about those two. You are coming with us back to our planet. What are we gonna do? Can the Beetleborgs zap these space saps attacks? Find out on Saban's Big Bad Beetleborgs next. With, with the digital age, there's a lot of things. I'm writing a book currently, and I've been reading just excuse me, a lot of like blogs and about a lot of like author thoughts about how terrified they are writing in the digital age, because anything that they write that is an ebook can immediately in the snap of like a finger be modified or changed and just completely, you know, do something that they didn't write. Same with movies and TV shows. Like we've seen uh, HBO, you know, like re-upload episodes that you know, cut things out or fixes things or changes things. And people have already caught on to, you know, things here and there, there could be things that we maybe didn't even know. And it even kind of comes into like sort of the re um, sort of, what am I trying to say here? Like the kind of re censoring of a show, like post, you know, after the whole thing is over, like community, for instance, if you're familiar with community, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my girlfriend and I, we just recently rewatched pretty much every episode of community 
and she had never seen it. And we got to like season four and I had been telling her for like a month now, like when we get to this D and D episode, this is like the best episode and it wasn't on Hulu. Mm -hmm. And we were like, wait a minute, what? And so I looked into it. They take episodes out of circulation on those services because they deem them to be problematic or not Mm -hmm. up to today's standards. Like in the D and D episode, there's a lot of things where they talk about like bullying and suicide and kind of like camaraderie through a tabletop game. And it's a really beautiful episode, Mm -hmm. but they took it out of circulation because one of the actors is doing potentially blackface where he's just, you know, a dark elf, but they even reference it in the show. Like one of the characters who is black says you're you're like, it's getting mighty dangerous what you're doing here. Like they, they point a finger at it. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're trying to light of itself. Exactly. Like the golden girls had another one where it's a joke. It's not actually like everybody like blowing up at Robert Downey jr. Of, you know, Tropic Thunder, (laughs) like, You don't need to take them out of circulation, put a warning up saying this was made here. This is what it can be construed as and leave that up to the people to decide because just censoring it, taking it away, I think is is a huge problem. And, you know, like that could be something moving into this, like, you know, episodes will just completely disappear and be gone forever because it's not in circulation. Now, I will say uh, the other side of the coin on that, that uh, I can't think of as trying to remember what I've experienced this with. There was some show that I swear they had like a scene one way and then like once a big thing in the show happened, then they went back and changed it to reflect that. Uh, So it wasn't because like before it would have been more spoilery and then it's like, oh, and now it's like a... And I was like a tongue-in-cheek thing. It's like they're George Lucasing like, it. Yeah, yeah, but like good. Not yeah. like editing in this weird out-of-place CGI alien in the background. <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> here's Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know Hulu's, I think, been uh, maybe, I don't know if they're exceptionally prone to this or if they've just been practicing it more or if it's just that's who people are hearing about it i'm sure it's happening on other uh, streaming services and uh, even probably you know cable stations and stuff like that still i know uh, there was a, like uh zach braff was doing a, a rewatch podcast of scrubs um <laughs> bringing back some uh cast members and all this kind of stuff and it's a, it's a really fun podcast yeah. and uh they'd go through and it's like uh oh, by the way, we're watching on the DVD release. We have the original music. Hulu mm-hmm. couldn't get the rights to the original music. So you're going to be watching this and it's going to like sound and look wrong because right. it doesn't make sense anymore because they were really careful with what music they got for the show. And they had to go back and change. So some guy at Hulu had to go through each episode and go, all right, we got to pull this song, find something similar that's you know license-free, throw it in there, make it work. None of it's similar. I grew up watching it. I saw all the original and I saw it all on Hulu. It's not the same. Yeah. There's, I have two instances of that too. There's a show called Misfits. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, it's a British show. It's from E4 and on E4, you know, in England, they don't really have the same sort of rights. And so Mm -hmm. in this show, it's a very raunchy adult, you know, superhero show. They have very, very good songs and we tried to watch it on, on uh, uh, Hulu and you know, it didn't, it like the first episode didn't even start off with the same song. And I was just like, I've seen the show like 10 times. I can't watch whatever this is. Yeah. And another big one that I remember, if you guys are familiar with quantum leap, mm-hmm. 
Quantum Leap, for any viewer, any listener uh, who's not familiar, it's a time travel show where he leaps into other people's lives from the 50s to like the 90s. And so it's very crucial, like the culture of the time and like the little minutia here and there, you know, touch. But the thing that really brings it all together is he'll be like, you know, in some like greaser's body in like the 50s and he'll walk into a club and then they have, you know, like Buddy Holly playing. The DVDs that came out, the first wave of DVDs, all the music was just gone. And so he would just walk into a silent, you know, like place or it'd be like replaced with like music that doesn't match like the people dancing or they're just dancing Uh. to nothing. And it's just like, it's so bad. Uh. I, it's something needs to be like, there needs to be a preservation. There needs to say, you signed it. It's in the episode. It's there. We'll put anything you need in the credits that says like, Buddy Holly, you know, like yeah, here's yeah. his song, you know, just, it, it, you know, I, I heard he doesn't sue a lot of people nowadays. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it, it, it is weird to have this, like almost a, a postmortem for shows like Scrubs where they go back through and they're like, no, the rights don't apply to that anymore. Even though you obviously got the rights for that show when it was released, mm-hmm. it's fine that they're on the DVDs, but for them to go back up on Hulu You've got to, like, we don't have the rights anymore for that. We've got to pull it. It's, it, it reminds me oddly of, like, with uh, with Transformers, uh, which is another show that is not widely available <laughs> on a streaming service. Um, the world's not ending. The fandom still exists. It's okay. Uh, they constantly, because they have so many characters throughout, you know, since the 80s, just a crap ton. At least three from my count. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> They could be the same. They could just be transforming between one another. Right, yeah. No, it's just it's one guy <laughs> plays all of them. Yeah. It's just Peter Cullen voicing everybody. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Ernest. Remember when he used to yeah. do that? <laughs> and uh, they'll constantly uh, try to bring in a new character or try to bring back an old character from like the original G1 or Beast Wars or whatever years later, and they've lost the rights to that name. Um, it, it's a constant thing. You know, it'll be a name like Smokescreen or something or uh, – um, Octane was one. They brought it back and they had named, you know, Tankor or something. They have to change it just enough, but it's the same. Visually, it's the same character. Story-wise, it's the same character. And they'll have to change the name because they don't own the rights to that anymore because they haven't used it enough in recent time. Um, same reason like Disney keeps re-releasing stuff so that they can maintain their copyrights and, and, uh, and Sony and like the Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, and, and Marvel was, you know, super on top of that of constantly using old properties right whenever they needed to even if it was like i think the infamous fantastic four movie was guilty of this where they were about to lose the film rights to fantastic four so they produced and made a the trank version yeah yeah, a fantastic four film that was never really meant to be successful and it sucks too, because like that director, I feel like has a pretty good like screen presence for what he wants to do. And you just hear his story versus everybody else. And everyone's like, he's a dick. He's super controlling. And he's just like, I had a movie that I wanted to make about body horror. And they said, fuck you to my face. <laughs> of course I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if I can swear, but. Uh, yes, well, you can yeah. fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but like. I just like the the new digital age where everybody feels like they're super entitled to like the stuff that they have and like they can, you know, keep collecting, I think is in part problem with Netflix of Netflix, you know, having these contracts that every year 
if we keep this on, we have to pay you this amount of money, which is why friends, you know, dipped or why they kept friends and they lost the office. And I feel like another good uh, sort of milestone to touch on is, are you guys familiar with Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Thor Ragnarok has like the greatest, perfect, most like absolute song for Thor. Um, It's by Led Zeppelin. Immigrant song. Yeah. The immigrant song. (laughs) And like, they have said no to everybody for years. I think the last time they ever used that song was for a Destiny commercial for the game Destiny, yeah. which is the greatest commercial you'll ever see. It's live action, and you're like, I, I wish this was. I want to say the only other time before that was Shrek Three. Yeah, whenever all of the princesses break out, and that's just for like two seconds. <laughs> well, and like they they like got screwed over somehow, like you know, like because they were owed more money, and because they put it on DVD and they kept releasing it. There was something that I read that there was something that they just couldn't get the money that they were owed, and so they just said. F everybody, you know, like I'm not giving my song out to anybody. And then Taiti, the director, personally came to him and like showed them an edit of the movie with the song in it and said, I work for Disney. I'll give you anything you want. And, you know, <laughs> they they made the deal. And it's just like that, that's the crazy like loopholes you have to jump through now. You either have to have, you know, endless pockets of money or you make art. That's literally what these shows are. I know most people won't consider Power Rangers or Big Bad Beetleborg art, but it's still like a lot of time and a lot of effort was put into it. Yeah, like I challenge anyone to have a conversation with Rick Schick and not think that any part of this is an art. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's something that the the fandom will both like, um, the specifically the Power Rangers fandom, will jump to the defense of the show in the, in the sake of like, we need it. We need it available. Like it needs to be accessible, not just via DVDs or something like that. And, and part of that's entitlement because we've been used to it being there. And part of that's just, uh, we were used to shows being readily available on streaming services now. Um, but there's this weird disconnect of, we need to have these shows available. They need to be here. Uh, but then when it comes to, then you'll, you'll have your, you know, your larger Toku fans who are, you know, maybe more, uh, more prone to Sentai or Kamen Rider or Kaiju films or whatever, will then look at something like Power Rangers, Beetleborgs and VR Troopers and go, ah, good riddance. Like it's, it's a knockoff. It's a, uh, you know, there's a constant all, all month I've been seeing, ah, it's, it's fine. Those are knockoffs anyway. Just go watch the Sentai, which is harder to find, but Ignore that, I guess. Even from the American fans that like don't even follow any of this shit, they're like everything that isn't Power Rangers just knock off Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a constant. It, that that's a thing that like we see a lot with Beetleborgs of like, oh, it's yeah, they tried to do Power Rangers but with kids, and I was like, it's not. It's really significantly different, for better or worse. It's a yeah. completely different <laughs> formula and everything. You. You go in a couple episodes thinking it's the same thing, and it's just not. You can list almost 50 episodes of us critiquing the show <laughs> to show you it's not the same. But <laughs> Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I think one of the ways that, it, like, the the impact of lost media, whether it's a, sh- a show like Mystic Knights or Master Rider that's just uh, virtually entirely gone, uh, at least in high quality, totally gone, inaccessible, unavailable, Versus something like Scrubs where the soundtrack's gone and you have to have the physical copy or a, an original torrent to get access to that. Um, that's something that's happened 
basically since like media has existed, there's always been, I mean, you know, you've got your, your grandiose examples like the library of Alexandria, but then you've got like, uh, I mean, there's, there's been tons of shows. There was a uh, fan film that had the permission of Toho to make a Godzilla versus Wolfman film that was gone forever. And it was, it was a, one of the only fan properties that ever had permission from Toho to exist. And if you're not familiar with Toho and their practice towards fan films, they do not like you using their properties. It, their IPs are extremely protected. They're more so than toy, more so than almost anybody. Outside of making like fan art and selling it at cons, if you make a fan comic or a fan film of Godzilla, you're going to get a cease and desist letter. Start clenching. Yeah, it's uh, really tricky. That's like uh, King Kong appears in Edo or Edo. Uh, I don't know. Are, have you ever heard of this movie, Squall? No, I haven't. I'm not a big kaiju guy. So it's not King Kong, but they used King Kong. Uh, the It's actually, I believe, the uh, original suit creator for Godzilla did make the gorilla costume for this. But it, it was basically like two rival gangs or whatever. There's a girl that gets kidnapped and one of them has a, a gorilla that he uses for it. Like he's like, oh, yeah, go kidnap her. And it, like the first part is like her terrorizing the girl and the second part's like everyone trying to get back at the gorilla. I don't know, it's, it's literally just a guy in a gorilla suit, but it's, it's King Kong and Edo. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, a, it's weird when you start going down the lost media, like rabbit hole, all of the things that you find, uh, I mean, there's tons of YouTubers that talk about it and there's tons of, there's the uh, lost media wiki.com. You can go on and just dive through. Uh, I mean, even like, I, I know I talked about it on let's talk Toku, but Beetleborgs was supposed to have a comic, um, a, a legit comic, not like my my style guide or any yeah. of the magazines that were put out. Like the one pasted on the Batman comic. Yeah, <laughs> like they were going to have a, an official comic from Image Comics, uh, which is weird because at the same time, I think Marvel was publishing the Power Ranger comics still. And uh, they were going to have an official comic through Image. And one of the artists was Rob Liefeld, uh, who, uh, Liefeld, Liefeld, however you say yeah. it. Uh, the, Busty Captain America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Famously disproportionate Rob Liefeld. He just has uh, a thing for pecs. It's okay. I, it's yeah, sure. It's okay. Uh, and like they were, they were supposed to have that. We actually had a fan recently reach out and point out that in the, uh, I can't remember what number episode it is, but it's convention dimension mm. uh, the episode where the kids go to Comic-Con. It was like a year ago that we did that. Episode. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was a long while ago. Uh, there are actual actors playing the Beetleborgs at the convention. And then the kids, Joe Roland and Drew go to the convention and they walk past the Beetleborgs booth. And there's a poster on the back and it's drawn by Rob Liefeld and this other artist. And it's for that comic. Like that's what the art's from. And it's unique from the ad that we've all seen and that we've posted on our social media and stuff. And it's one of those like weird things like, to have lost media for a comic for a show that is now at risk of becoming lost media. <laughs> and uh, it's a double lost tundra. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, if there's any other uh, like lost media that, that you squall have encountered or like, like heard stories of, or um, like 
have tried to find or anything like that, a Toku or otherwise or anything like that? Not off the top of my head, but I know like anybody who's listening, if you really truly love a production, a movie, a show, whatever, and it's available to you to buy physically, there's nothing wrong. Like obviously if you buy like, you know, like the quantum leap DVDs, uh, you know, get, get the, get the Mill Creek ones, the, the newer ones. Cause those actually have like the, the soundtracks put back into it. Um, but like, honestly, you look at a company like Toei who has the rights to, you know, Beetleborgs who has the rights to like all these other smaller properties that are, they just don't care. Cause you know, they're not in America. They're not in the West. They, like it doesn't bother them. You know, mm-hmm. our, our people want to watch, you know, the Jukubi fighter. They don't really want to watch this American schlock, you know, but like you look at Siburia, who Ultraman, Ultra Q, like these are very, very potentially could have been lost media too. Like you look at them again and you're just like, wow, this is great that they had like the original, you know, like film of this that they could, you know, run back through and get like 4K pressings, which they just released a 4K version of Ultra Q in Japan, um, you know, and I I've downloaded a little bit of that and looked at that and it looks amazing. Like the ones that we got from Mill Creek look amazing too, but like that one's just like, holy, you know, like it's, it's night and day difference. And you just look at like their love for the thing. And they know that if they put it out there, even if it's initially at a loss, people are going to buy it. People are going to hold on to it. You can start releasing, you know, like Ultraman Z and on YouTube and people will, you know, turn out in droves to support it, to watch it. And I just, I just feel like giving it back to the fans, you know, putting it back to them, it's always going to be, you know, good. It's never really going to, hopefully net you a loss, you know, even with something smaller like this, if shout factory or hell mill Creek, you know, put together a entirety of VR troopers and a one, you know, like Blu-ray set to save space and money, you know, and it's like two discs and you have everything on it. Um, you know, that would be amazing. And that would be, you know, another way to further, you know, extend it, but like all these places where it was once digitally available and now it's not, guess what? There's going to be people like me. There's going to be people like, you know, out there who have this now and they'll, you know, we're not going to get double dipped, you know, on another service (laughs) if we can already have it. If you put it up there, cool. But if you keep it from us and you know, you don't, you don't put it out there, chances are you're not going to get those people back. And even if they put a physical copy out, you know, after years of people saying, where is it? I need to watch it. it's like, well, you know, it was on Netflix back in 2021 of January (laughs) And it's been gone for five years and now it's finally on 4k. Nah, I'm good. So I don't know. Just keeping people like ear to the ground and keeping people informed and like making sure that you're like, don't worry, or at least doing it in a timely manner goes a long way to keeping face with fans. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that is the the big kind of slap in the face that Power Ranger and Saban show fans are getting isn't so much that it got taken off of Netflix because that's not abnormal. We've seen it happen to movies and shows before popular and otherwise the fact that there's just been no announcement about it. There's been no communication of it. The day that it left is the day that they released the dino charge uh, shots of the actors and, and information on the characters and stuff, which the more conspiratorial of the fans are like, that's ah, a distraction. And I'm like, no, they don't care that much. <laughs> it's, maybe it's not, maybe it is either way. Uh, it, it feels kind of like they're disregarding the older fans or, you know, fans of shows like VR Troopers and Beetleborgs that they haven't talked about in 25 years. Um, 
And I, I think that, you know, even if they did bring it back, like you said, in, in five, 10, 15 years for a, a DVD or a 4K or Blu-ray or hologram, whatever the hell's out in 10 years, uh, you know, how many people are going to jump on two seasons of Beetleborgs and VR Troopers and the shows that, you know, don't hold up 20 years later, let alone 30 or 40 and the I mean, people to be who fair, are I'd get VR troopers on hologram just for the memes. <laughs> <laughs> but even like like we're too young to care about these shows the way that we do. Like we were born the year these shows were airing or the year before. And according to some uh <clears throat> executives from the show, uh it was definitely more popular for the stonery college students. So, uh, <laughs> 18 years our senior. <laughs> Yeah, and God knows they don't remember it. Yeah, so no. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this impacts uh, people and content creators besides us. Because, like we've said, the the Power Ranger, the, the people who make content around Power Rangers, I know like Ranger Danger over in Australia, they had been doing the same thing, the same kind of formula we do, where they watch episode by episode of Power Rangers, which they've done for like seven years now, and they're up to uh, they just started season two. No, (laughs) (laughs) they just ended Lightspeed Rescue. They just started Time Force, Uh, and they started Time Force. Yeah, right. Once a week, every week for like seven years. It's ridiculous, and uh, it had been on Netflix the whole time they've been doing this. And now they're like, uh, every time somebody asks how they're going to watch it from now on, they just share Gokaiger memes because. (laughs) the way we got to go. Uh, and even uh, there's a podcast by um, Robin Mark that's called Take Me Back to My Virtual Reality. And it's a VR Troopers podcast. And uh, they're over in the UK. They had been using Netflix the whole time. And now they went out and had to uh, drop a good number of pounds on the full DVD set to get make sure that they had all of them for however long they're going to need. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how this kind of evolves. Uh, do you think that the Power Ranger seasons are going to pop up within like a year, two years? I mean, it really, it really kind of goes into what Hasbro has planned. Like there's so many, you know, different, you know, sort of outlooks. Like some people are saying they cut ties with Toei that they're not going to produce anything beyond uh, Dino, Dino Fury. Um, so, I mean, like you could look at it that way. Like they're going to move into making, you know, like they're more like live action productions that are something original, or they're just going to rehash Mighty Morphin since that's always constantly what they're writing the dick of. Like that's just, it really comes down to money. It really comes down to what can we produce that is going to be the cheapest, same output of money and, you know, it, like any sort of corporation, like if you, you guys run a business, like what's the, you know, easiest way to do to complete our objective? Okay, cool. This costs us a hundred dollars to do an episode. All right. Well, what if we trimmed this or this, or we lost a host? Okay. Now we're sitting at 70 bucks. Hell yeah. You know, and after three <laughs> episodes, you've just made almost the capital for a whole another episode and that's back in your pockets, you know? Like, I think he's telling you to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, like in definitely in film production, like this is something that I'm very familiar with. There's always there's always a reason for a connection. Like if someone's getting paid too much, like we lost with the transfer from Saban to Hasbro, we lost a lot of really talented people that were working on those productions. Uh, shout out to Jason and Misty who are also on let's talk Toku. Like we talked a little bit, you know, before and after, and even like in between on the show about kind of the stuff that they went through. And it really isn't 
a, a thing that they're just like, we don't like these people. It's just that these people have been there for a while. They can afford to lose them and get somebody else that, you know, is going to take half their pay or, you know, two thirds of their pay to yeah. do the exact same things they're doing. And they really don't care too much about the output. They don't care about the, you know, final episode as long as it gets done, as long as it makes money that's what they bought it for it's, you know they didn't buy it to save power rangers they don't love power rangers right they fucking make my little pony they don't they don't have souls you know what I mean? don't tell matt frank that <laughs> i'm just saying like they, they they did it for a reason if they can produce the same thing that saban did and make it the same maybe even cheaper that's all they care about. It gets, you know, some people get it on their resume. Some people get to have fun and hopefully, you know, they have people that come in that are, you know, replacing a Jason or a Misty that could have that same love and affinity for these shows that could help push or pioneer it back towards what we really did have. Like the end of that Saban, however you feel about the quality of the shows, the amount of level of stuff we were getting that wasn't just Mighty Morphin. Yeah was amazing like yeah even the comics you know are mighty morph and go go power rangers but like it's still something that's completely we got new grid, though, so exactly you know we got hyperforce we got literally all these like games too like there's just so much output and now it's really kind of come back to nothing it everything's been you know tallied up and cut consolidated a little bit exactly they, save yeah. money they really need a uh, uh john favreau dave filioni type powerhouse to lead them as yeah. as a fan that kind of was the jason and misty's yeah. role they kind of filled that of they they weren't just good at it they enjoyed the franchise mm -hmm. and understood the franchise and the fans young and old mm -hmm. and and kind of what it took to balance that having the comics be nostalgic for mmpr and all this but then doing original stuff and also doing newer seasons and having you know, annuals that pull in various other seasons. Um, and I mean, even like I talked about Ranger Danger, but uh, the two hosts of Ranger Danger wrote a, uh, one of the stories in one of the Power Ranger annuals for Boom. Matt Groom writes with Kyle Higgins for um, the Ultraman Marvel comic that's out now. So like there's a demand for these fans that have the expertise and are in the field to come in and, and kind of pick up that franchise. And Hasbro's done that with Transformers fairly consistently over the years, but that's also one of their like flagship properties. What are the odds that Power Rangers is going to get treated like Transformers or even like My Little Pony that, as much as I hate to say it, has this giant following of a very diverse fandom that probably rivals the diversity of Power Rangers in age and demographics. And they can successfully, apparently, target all of that, like that whole demographic because people keep coming back to it. And Transformers struggles with that off and on, thanks to Michael Bay, but they've bounced around and, and and stayed relevant all of this time. And I don't know if Power Rangers has that ability. I don't think they're going to go anywhere anytime soon. I think the seasons we're losing are going to pop up. I think we're going to keep getting seasons after Dino Fury. I don't know if I buy that they're severing ties with Toy. I don't know if they're willing to sacrifice that cost effectiveness. But I think we're going to keep seeing new stuff. I know people are talking about, oh, they're going to make more movies like 2017, but that doesn't get as much hate. 
or that they're going to do an original series or an animated series or something like that. And uh, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what the future has in store for those franchises. And then of course, like Beetleborgs and VR Troopers, which it may be up to, to people like you that can, you know, got the copies before they left Netflix or Beetleborgs got a crap ton of cedars when the news dropped because all the people who had the DVD copies were like, all right, let's jump on here. Uh, unfortunately, the DVD copies don't even have subtitles, um, which aren't necessary. The ones I got from Netflix do have subtitles. Yeah, so we yeah. can figure something out. I can dump them for you guys. You guys can figure out what you want to do with them. Yeah. For the yeah, record, yeah. too, I love the 2017 Power Rangers movie. <laughs> Same. I have yeah. I have the movie poster waiting to find a space oh, in yeah. my new studio, but it's uh, as much crap as it gets. I think I saw it 13 times in the theaters, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I have it on Blu-ray, and I watch it all the time. It's the only Power Rangers thing my wife likes. She loves the crap out of it. It's real. It was it was way better than I was expecting it to be because I'm like, ah, oh, Mighty Morphin again. <laughs> right. The, the final word, final word. I think I'm going to put in for the future of Power Rangers and uh, kind of put it at the height that it should be, or at least could compete at, is it needs a catalyst. You look at DC Comics, and the movies that DC Comics put out were like, you know, Superman in like the 70s and 80s. They had, you know, of course, the famous 1989. Tim Burton Batman that you know shocked everybody that he put the guy from uh Mr. Da- or Mr. Mr. Mom, Mom or whatever but, uh, yeah Kilmer. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, Michael Keaton yeah Michael Keaton yeah you know you put Burton. Mr. Mom as as Bruce Wayne this like sophisticated you know like bachelor who's also like a crime fighter you know like it went all over where it shouldn't have but DC had very modest success it was never groundbreaking it was never like world shattering like yeah the batman movies did really good and then they progressively didn't and they constantly did movies like that and it wasn't until 2000 and well i guess it was 2002's spider-man where you know you had marvel which is this you know competing obviously like comics you know like the characters are more interesting they're more kind of diverse they're more you know like this because the movie could portray them that way. Like Superman has very much like the chance to be diverse and to do all these things. And I think man of steel really kind of touched upon a lot of that really well. But again, it's only those movies that you see because they're competing with like the huge sweeping power that is the Marvel cinematic universe. And that really was not a thing back when Superman, you know, the movie came out or Batman, the movie came out. It wasn't even, you know, Spider-Man two, three, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Like those movies were the the thing that kind of pushed it over the edge and Iron Man kind of ushered in that thing. So I feel like if something can come in that can rival Power Rangers, that can say, I see the fans that are just you know, tickling for this and give them what they desire and give them what they want to see, you know, that's really going to probably hopefully put that back into perspective that yes, Power Rangers can reach the heights that this is, but y'all are sleeping on it. Y'all are giving it to a New Zealand filmmakers who don't give a shit about Power Rangers who literally are just like, I hate this cockpit. Let's just put them in another little dimly lit room, you know, and have them stand on these little platforms that we can roll in and out no have a dedicated set make this look good just have people that are passionate about this and trust me you're gonna get a better show out of it even if it costs you a little bit of time or money in the long run it's gonna be something that you can look back on and be like wow this is great 
ask Disney when they made RPM. They said, <laughs> this show sucks. It's not going anywhere. Let's just use all the money that we've saved over these years and pour it into one fucking show. And it is the greatest. So that's all I got to say. Four, three, two, one. I think that uh, in order for the franchise to really pick up in the way that are like our generation and older fans want it to and, and think that it deserves to, it's going to need that thing that Hasbro is going to recognize there's a desire for this. There's, you know, like a new Guyver movie or something coming out that's adjacent to it that they can go, wait, we have that, but different. Let's do it. <laughs> and they actually throw like Michael Bay Transformers money at it and do it successfully and, you know, as much as I'm not a huge Michael Bay fan, but obviously they did well and the Transformers movies got quite a few and they were super successful and they revitalized the franchise in a way that like Beast Wars did in the 90s. And like that's the kind of thing that the 2017 movie failed to do. But maybe if Hasbro has something in the works, that's something that's going to pop up. Um, here's hoping it's not going to happen for Beetleborgs, uh, but maybe the revitalization of the Power Rangers franchise and brand name can save shows like VR Troopers and Beetleborgs. And people can look back and say, hey, there was that show that they shipped a bunch of guys out to Ireland to film. Uh, what what was that called? Titanic. That's the one. Matt Let's bring that back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the, like you said, catalyst that's uh-huh. needed to not just save these shows, but bring them back and make sure that they're preserved in the way that they're the way that they were intended to be shown because most likely mystic Knights, dragon Knight, mask rider, Beetleborgs, VR troopers exist in concrete forms somewhere that can be redistributed successfully in relative high quality for whatever year they were released. And maybe someday we could get that. I imagine Power Rangers is going to see either a drastic downfall or a drastic uptick in the next three years. And that's probably going to be the. That's when I'll step in. Buy yeah. low, <laughs> or buy low, sell high, baby. That's Saban. That's what he does too. Yeah. Yep. You look at him. He bought it for like nothing when he first started. You bought it again, nothing from Disney. Sells high, baby. Yep. Yeah. yeah so it turned like everything for profit. Yep. So in five years, when Saban buys it back, we'll jump back on this and we'll touch back on the topic. I think, I think if anybody listening has any sort of like pull or anything with Hasbro, watch the episode of Let's Talk Toku where I talk with Jason Narvi, who played Skull on the original run of Power Rangers. And what Skull says stands today that a lot of Power Rangers isn't fully understanding, but. Power Rangers isn't meant to be adult. It's not meant to be mature. It's meant to be that unyielding light that every child can see, that every child can agree with and just make it something that they want to be a part of. Every one of us listening grew up wanting to be a Power Ranger or play Power Rangers or Beetleborgs or whatever you two were doing. It's not going to be your Transformers, Michael Bay, and it doesn't need to be. And I think the 2017 movie does touch it a little bit too mature in some places, 
But again, that was something that I feel like you look at, you know, the the Ari Shinkaider or whatever his name is, who did like that. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck you. I'm Power Ranger. And he like punches a hole in a dude. And it's like, this sucks. This isn't Power Rangers. This is just some douche off jerk off fantasy (laughs) of. You know what? Screw attack. (laughs) It's what you want. It's what you think Power Rangers should be because you just keep raising the ante. But Power Rangers needs to always be this this gentle reminder that there are good people and those people are the ones that get the power and they do these lessons and they help everybody else. And that's what it is. It's not meant to be. It's an escape from reality, not a deep dive into it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's for kids. If you can remember that it's for kids, like, that's why My Little Pony is so successful. That's why Transformers is so successful and why the later movies are kind of, you know, like they really ride that PG-13 line and PG line even. I wouldn't even yeah. say they go Rocky close to R. as well. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. they dived with, with uh, Bumblebee, dived really heavily into the camp and cartooniness and didn't yeah. care so much about the realistic lookingness of the Transformers themselves and allowed Bumblebee to be a goddamn Volkswagen for a minute <laughs> and like allowed Soundwave to just be Soundwave and all these other things. And like, does it look like a video game? Yes. It's goddamn giant robots turning <laughs> into cars and shit. Like it's going to look like a video game for a minute and that's okay. Opening night was just full of little kids just like glued to the screen. And I'm like, this is where it's going to make money. And like, it sure enough did like, that's what Power Rangers needs to be. It needs to be fun. It needs to be for kids and it needs to just, it needs to find itself. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is what it needs. You know, like it's getting away from Netflix. It needs to be single for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for her. <laughs> yeah. We got away from Saban. We got the, we got the toxic relationship out. Now we're going to get out there in the world and we're going to find ourselves. Hasbro is my cool gay friend. That's going to help me find myself again. <laughs> I can't wait to watch this movie. I think this has been a great chat. I think we really like touched on a lot of the, uh, the difficulties with the franchise and the franchises and the, uh, the kind of genre and what's been going on lately and uh, the potential future for, for not just the shows that, that we all touch on in our content creation, but that are adjacent and double adjacent to everything that we kind of talk about. So thanks so much. And for, I was able to make in. like three jokes at least. So yeah, there you go. See, that's more than a normal show. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're like the bulk and skull of this now. <laughs> Those are comedic it. relief. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Hey, if anybody's listening in a few years, if you guys are following me on Twitter, we'll pool our money together. We'll buy back power Rangers and we'll do it right. God damn it. Yeah. Hell we'll yeah. pull the GME. <laughs> Hell Short yeah, squeeze. diamond hands it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Squall, where can people find you on uh, social media and YouTube and everything else? Uh, typically, I'm on Twitter at Squall Charlson, and you can also find me. I do YouTube videos on same channel by my name, Squall Charlson, uh, ranging anything from Tokusatsu. I've done a lot of Power Rangers recently because I was like, hey, this gets numbers. Well, <laughs> we know how that's been going now. But uh, yeah. Those are where you can find me. You can also check me out on Let's Talk Toku on Shout Factory TV's official uh, 
app and site and Tubi and wherever else you can find those shows where I sit down with awesome people. Like I sat down with Cameron. We talked about Big Bad Beetleborgs and I completely destroyed some of his props. So check that out. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can find us at Beetle Bros Pod on Twitter, Big Bad Beetle Bros on YouTube and uh, pretty much everywhere else, Instagram, Facebook and all that good stuff. And on projectlouder.net, our network home. Uh, and of course, listen to our entire backlog of episodes. So yeah, thank you, Squalt, so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, I look forward to seeing what the future of these franchises brings us. So it's going to have Squall Charlson's Power Rangers one day, baby. <laughs> We're going to get there. Stop. I'm getting erect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining thank us, guys. Man. Have a good one. Support this podcast and visit projectlouder.net and provide us with your email.